Hello everyone. So you may be wondering, what is this in the unaired feed on a Wednesday? Well, me and uh, former guest of the show and friend, Chris Revel, we're doing a pod swap. So he put an episode of unaired up on the Let's Chat feed. And right now you're about to listen to an episode of Let's Chat with Chris Revel, uh, one of my favorite episodes, the one he did with Raul Coley of iZombie. And, you know, it's just to kind of, uh, you know, introduce each other's audiences to each other's shows. And it's a fun way to, you know, discover new shows. So it's uh, basically a little bonus content on this feed. Um, We do have our regularly scheduled episode coming tomorrow as well. So this is not in place of a regular episode. Uh, So I will see you tomorrow with a new episode. And enjoy this episode of Let's Chat with Chris Revel. And uh, make sure you subscribe to his show. You can find it on most podcatchers. Enjoy. Hey, y'all. Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. Just to let you know, I record the intros on my phone just because it takes so long to set everything up. And I have to wait till my daughter and everyone's asleep. But the actual episode is recording with equipment and it sounds great. But let me tell you, I think this is the most excited I have ever been to release an episode. Uh, so I'm a huge fan of iZombie. That is no understatement. And I talk about the episode. I'm a huge fan of Rob Thomas. I love Veronica Mars. love Party Down. Uh, so that's the only reason I actually watched iZombie. And I, I love the entire cast. But for whatever reason, I always just thought Rahul Kohli was like the coolest dude both on the show. And he's so funny online. And um, so people often ask me, and I do the same, like, how did you get that guest? Because this is, I think this might be the biggest guest I've ever had. And uh, it's actually, this story is not even fair. It was a Monday night. I sent a tweet, to uh, two tweets. One to the CW writer's room, like at, to the iZombies writer's room, uh, basically asking how I can connect with one of the writers to get on the show, which they responded. And uh, I'll follow up with that in a minute. And then I also sent a tweet to Rahul, just basically saying, hey man, how would I go about inviting you onto the show? Uh, but then I also did everything the way you're supposed to. I wrote to all those representation managers, Bukan Asians, that kind of stuff. And man, this is all, I think this is Monday. This is a Monday night. He's just like, I get a DM. It just said, let's do it. Uh, and so literally the following day with under 24 hours, uh, he was just basically had a, a time frame when he could record. He's like, uh, are you free in like an hour? And I was like, uh, so called my wife, who my, I mentioned, Victoria, I love you very much. It was her birthday, and uh, we had gone out for the weekend, thankfully, and we were having a birthday dinner at her parents' house, and it was like three, it was like four o'clock in the afternoon, and I called her, and I was like, hey, listen, I have this opportunity to record uh, with Rahul. Uh, Victoria is also a huge iZombie fan. We watch it together. She freaked out. She's like, oh my god, you have to do it. You have to do it. And by uh, freak out, let me also mention the night before, I ran around the house screaming as quiet as I could while the Felicity was sleeping. Uh, so thank you for Victoria for solo parenting and picking up our daughter and making sure dinner and all that other stuff was taken care of. And uh, she basically let me off the hook of baby duty for that time frame so I could do this interview, which I thought would have been kind of short, but it was like, this is an hour and a half conversation. So I can't sing Victoria's good praises enough. Happy birthday, babe. I love you, even though it's past. And then, uh, so back to the episode. Rahul is so cool. So, inter... I don't know, he just 
kind of deep, but he, he's funny. He's cool. See, I always thought he was a comedian because of how funny he is on the show. But like this episode, it's just like he gets real deep, and like we talk like the about like social media and like just the conversation just kind of didn't go where I thought it would be. So if you've never watched iZombie, you can still love this episode. If you love iZombie, you're gonna love this episode any even more. Uh, one thing I found out in this episode, he's in a movie coming up on Netflix this year, which obviously I'll promote when it's time, with fucking Ben Schwartz, John Ralphio from Parks and Rec, BB-8. He's one of the DuckTales. He's, like, one of my favorite comedians. I was just, like, blown away. Um, I just, I don't know. Ravel was everything I kind of expected of a person. In this episode, you get the full-fleshed human being. He's open. He's honest. He's funny. Uh, <laughs> we talk about, like, Star Wars and uh, just, I don't know. I, I you listen. I'll have to say he talks way more than me, which is exactly what I wanted. Um, and you'll hear how nervous I am. And uh, so make sure you watch iZombie, which is returning February 26th, 9th, following The Legends of Tomorrow. I cannot wait to watch this. Season 4 just sounds amazing. But if you haven't watched it, catch up on Netflix. And the week before this airs, uh, we're going to have the writer, I'm going to have the writer Bob Dearden on of iZombie. So, so cool to have be a part of that show in some very small way. Uh, I mean, I listen to iZombie podcasts. I've done an iZombie podcast episode for our, our network's uh, TV podcast, TV Ate My Brain. I just, I've been a fan for so long, so it's cool. I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's still weird. I, I feel like a, a giddy little kid but so Raul if you ever hear this thank you a million times over and you defied my ex just wow it's just such a cool episode hey why don't I shut up follow me on uh at let's chat podcast on all the things and please leave a review blah 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 send me some feedback I don't care listen to this episode and tell Rahul how fucking cool he is and then find my wife on the internet and tell her how awesome she is for letting us record let's get to it again thanks for doing this so i'll uh, just real quick it's just like it's super it's not really an interview it's just like a long form conversational podcast mm. which i'm sure you're familiar with like a mm -hmm. When you were on a was it Jake and Mir show like those oh yeah like those like the fun ones so and um obviously huge iZombie fan so I was, oh thank you. I, I've been like binge watching it when I've been working from home the last few days again like for the mm -hmm. it's one of those shows like I've watched like a hundred times so like you know you need that like like The Simpsons or something I've seen it so many times it becomes like my background noise so you've been in my head yeah 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 I mean yeah so like I know you're from London but how did you end up uh, over on the iZombie show. Uh, it was it was an audition, man. It was um, I think way back in 2014, I think like February. I got a call from my agent, uh, I Zombie. I was, the title didn't grab me um, <laughs> <laughs> straight away, but I was I I was aware of the comic. Um, but yeah, and uh, I, the description of the character inter interested me. I remember it being listed as uh, Scotty from Star Trek. Uh, kind of high energy uh, nerd and um, yeah so like I worked on it over the weekend and then it went on a tape it was sent over to LA and very quickly it was it was made clear to me that the tape 
was received very well uh and this machine just started moving it was like it couldn't stop it it was like well you need to come back in within a few days they had already cast me um so they must have been really fucking desperate <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah like yeah and then and then literally dude like within like a week i haven't really thought about it, but it, it just my life changed i mean i was an out-of-work actor and i was coming to the end of my patience i think it was 10 years maybe eight years and um living at my parents house uh just in my the bedroom i'd lived in since i was a kid and then within a few months this was all all this happened uh so it's just yeah, I think I've heard like Amy Poehler say that like overnight success is ten years of hard work that you don't see. Which <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was. It's funny being treated as new because um, it's like, well, I am and I'm not. I mean, I've done hundreds of you know thousands of auditions and and short films and things like that. But um, but I'm new to this world, I guess. So was the Arrowverse already uh, happening at this time? Okay, because like I, I mean, I'm sure yeah. I know we're about the similar in age range. Like, cause CW was mm-hmm. kind of like a joke for a, a hot minute, and then once Arrow, I didn't get into Arrow till season two, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my god, CW is fucking awesome. Like, I think a lot of people did that. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I had to being British, <clears throat> I'd never been to America, so I, I don't get references right. So I, I wouldn't know your CBS from your AMC's to your CWs. And I used to get, I remember like the first few months people would be like, oh, he's a fucking CW actor. And I didn't know what that meant. And apparently it's supposed to be like I'm hairless and and I'm meant to have a six pack and look metrosexual and whatever. And, and uh, it, it, it took me a few months to understand what the network was kind of known for, I guess. I guess that was from an age of um, the Vampire Diaries and, and, and things like that, you know, beautiful people. and Riverdale, which is now. <laughs> we broke the mold, with, which is Riverdale. So, it's going, yeah, it's going full circle. I, 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 we, we do have some attractive people on our show, but it's, uh, it's I don't know if it falls into the same stereotype. Well, it was interesting. So were you like, because of, um, I mean, I was, I didn't know about the comic book, but like I loved Rob Thomas because I love Veronica Mars and I love Party Down. And I was like, oh, I zombie? Huh? Oh, Rob Thomas. All right, I'll check this out. And then just sucked because I yeah. I fell in for oh it fell in with the Arrowverse pretty hard and it was funny too because all this nerd stuff like I I didn't become a fan of superheroes or Star Wars until like my late twenties early thirties so kind of like a late cover oh, wow, to it so okay. it's kind of fun. like I've always like enjoyed it but now I'm like way into it, especially with the Marvel explosion like it's so much fucking fun. Uh huh. Did you ever watch those? Yeah, Were, for did, sure. did you guys get like uh, Veronica Mars? Did that make it over the pond? Because that barely even splashed here. It did. It it did. I I knew it was weird, um, and it's one of those. It's when you look back at it, it's this weird fate thing. It's really strange, and I don't believe in anything. But around about November twenty thirteen, my agent at the time um, was contacted by some Americans to make a Doctor Who spin off, and um, it was going to be a Kickstarter, and at the time, I had no idea that this was absolute fucking bullshit. Oh, that's too um, bad. Yeah, and <clears throat> and it soured my, you know, I've not really spoken about it, but it soured my relationship with my agent because I couldn't believe that they had allowed me to be seen for something that just had no kind of, um, 
no clout. It was no legitimacy. Mm. Um, but during that time pr- uh, period, when I was led to believe that I was cast as Doctor Who or whatever, talking to this guy who had this script, and the script was good, he kept talking about Rob Thomas. I had never heard of Rob Thomas. And he was like, well, I remember him saying this. It's so funny. He was just like, well, if fucking Veronica Mars, if that fucking show can get a film and get kickstarted within 24 hours or 48 hours. Oh, yeah. We can. And I just remember him saying that, like, he would say this over and over again. He just kept bringing back Rob Thomas. And that's how I first heard of Veronica Mars, as this thing that he would kind of compare us to like Doctor Who's got more fans than Veronica Mars like we can get it made and da, 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 da. and in this weird twist of fate of all the people he would talk about this guy once once we didn't meet our target which was inevitable and it didn't have the BBC backing it was complete horse shit um, within four weeks or three weeks Rob Thomas called me on the phone to talk about the role of Ravi <laughs> And I'm on the, I was on the tube and I was just like, this is fucking weird. How is it, of all the people that I could have worked with next, it's Rob Thomas. And he was just, you know, he called, I remember his phone call and my, my heart was pounding. I remember I get this phone call on the tube and it's just like, hey, I know you're not going to be up for filming straight away, but I just wanted to talk to you about the role and stuff. And I was just like, this is weird. Um, but that's how I was aware of it. And then when I got to Vancouver, I remember I asked Rob like, hey man, like, is there anything I should watch? Uh, do you have any for prep? And he had mentioned Buffy, um, and he had mentioned Veronica Mars. Um, so myself and my girlfriend, we 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 kind of binged through it. She she stayed with it more than I did, not because I didn't enjoy it, but because um, at some point it became irrelevant to my prep. I needed more to do with. There were other things I was watching to help with Ravi. Yeah, that's a long way of telling that story. Did you ever do Party Down, which is? Um, because I feel like iZombie is almost like, I think it's not till season two of iZombie, and I, I love all the seasons, but like the season two is where the joke telling of like Party Down really kind of kicks in. It's really with you and Major's character, like the bromance stuff you guys have. There's like this one episode. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, like the dialogue just picked up, the chemistry was there, and I was, it was like, kind of reminded me a little bit of Party Down, like that type of humor, and I fucking love it because it's so great. Yeah, Party Down's, Party Down is the thing that, People in my age group, like, 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 um, I, I don't know if you, if you're aware of Funhouse, the YouTube guys that I'm friends with and I do content with them, uh, for Rooster Teeth. Um, they're my age group and they don't watch Veronica Mars and they'll watch iZombie because I'm in it, but Party Down is people in my age group or my demographic would yeah. be like Rob Thomas, Party Down, best show. And I watched, I had a Hulu subscription, like a, a 30 day trial. And I think I watched a few eps of season one. And I loved it. I just fell off for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe I'm, I moved to London or something, but um, it was, it was, it was great. And that show, I kind of, I, I, I'm not a comedic actor. I'm just mm. an actor who happens to play a comedic role. Um, and they, I get all the credit for being funny but really, I'm just reading their words. There's no improv on the show. There's none of that. It's just good writing. Um, but I've got a kind of taste in my mouth for um, for comedy, and I kind of badger Rob and Dan Etheridge, who produced it and wrote it or whatever, um, to, to once we're done with iZombie, let's... I want to do a full comedy because this isn't a comedy. The, the, iZombie, in terms of the comedic... In terms of the comedy, you... 
you you you're you're funny and you get funny mm, dialogue, yeah. but you kind of have your hands you kind of your hands are slightly tied being on network TV with what you say and the content and the censorship and that. And I know Rob and Dan, and sometimes in the early drafts, <clears throat> there are things in the script we read, and it's hilarious. But you're like, oh, you know, it's going to be fucking gone in a revision soon because it just won't. CW, it's not going to air. Uh, so I'm always badgering them to maybe do another party down or and to cast me, and I want to work with them as a f- full comedy. That was funny because actually, it was when I would watch it um, before I like knew of your background. I just actually assumed that you were stand up turned actor. Yeah. Because you just, no it, it's very rare that you see a good dramatic actor do comedy well, but you can see comedians do drama well. So I was like surprised. To re- I was like, oh my God, because you're so naturally funny, like the whole cast, but like your character in particular is like really fucking funny. And then like on like, oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. And like Twitter and like Facebook, like your, your shit is so, me and my wife watch your stuff and just, it's just <laughs> fucking funny. It just cracks me up. Yeah. It, I appreciate that, man. No, it's, it's, uh, comedy I've done like once or twice in, in my career and I I think it's just I have a good education I just have a good mm. comedic education I grew up my father is a big fan of stand-up comedy and he would my dad's always had a great sense of humor uh, and he didn't get me into Star Wars or anything like I know a lot of people like with, with my interest would say my dad made me watch Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I found that through myself and cousins. Whereas with my dad, it was like Richard Pryor was what I got from my dad. And um, good British comedy, Faulty Towers, he bought me on on VHS and I watched as a seven-year-old. And it was him that got me interested in The Office. You know, uh, dad just, my dad loves comedy. And um so learning timing and what's funny and what's not i it was just a good just a good education i was just raised on good comedy and um i particularly my love for ricky gervais is what got me on iZombie, which i don't know if a lot of people know but but rob thomas is a massive fan of of ricky gervais in the office oh that makes sense yeah and that's why he 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 was inspired i mean him i don't know don't quote me on this but after watching The Office, my producers and Rob decided that they wanted to make a comedy like that. And Party Down was born of that mm. journey, if I remember correctly. So Rob has a very soft spot, has a soft spot for, for, for Ricky Gervais and that style of humor. And when I'm when my back's up against the wall and I'm forced to be funny, whether it be someone shoves a microphone in my face or I'm on a podcast or, or, or Rose is doing a behind-the-scenes I zombie video. My go-to is a is a very vague impression of Gervais, and to use Gervaisian uh, Gervaisians or whatever you call them, um, uh, 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 to play arrogant or to play disinterested or to uh, you know the, 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 the that character that persona that he's created. I mean, I've listened to hours and hours of his radio shows and podcasts and stuff, and I did that in my Ravi oh. audition. So they were sprinkled in there because my back was against the wall. You know, it was a comedic character. I hadn't really done comedy. I didn't really know the voice. I couldn't see the full script. So I sprinkled Gervasiums around and it seemed to resonate with Rob. So that's sort of... And then particularly in the first season, I'm kind of stealing a lot from Ricky Gervais. I think there's a lot of no scrunches and live really, you know, they're all there. And 
Rob's said, like, he has to be very careful in the edit room. He goes, I get one David Brent, Ricky Gervais impression an episode. But but once once we found our characters, I was able to dilute that a little bit and, and find Ravi's real voice. And I think it's been interesting to... to I, I want to rewatch the show at some point because I've only ever watched it either through live tweeting or... or um, when a new episode comes out and my family want to watch it, I'll sit down with them. But I would love to watch it one day, maybe when we're done and it's put to bed. But I do know that there, is an, there was definitely an arc. Ravi changed a lot, I feel, over from the second season on. Um, yeah, oh yeah. He became yeah, sassy. I think he became sassy. And whereas he was a sweetheart in one, he became sarcastic and sassy in two. Um, and I and I'm looking at scripts for four, and the writers are running with that theme too. There's less puppy dog stuff and more just dry British sass, um, which I th- it makes plenty of sense given the scenario that the universe that they have created exactly. too. You know, absolutely, and also given given the nationality of the character, um, yeah, it's it's definitely a trademark um, for people from from Britain, and I think. <clears throat> I think in season one you were writing; they were writing for a British actor, but it was still very American. And 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 uh, by 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 the end of it, I think once they heard my voice and social media had helped. I know that Diane had said recently when she was writing a script, she was trolling my social media, um, looking for stuff. There has been a weird kind of Ravi and Rahul kind of crossover, uh, um. And social media, I guess, from 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 what I've been putting up and stuff, which is fucking ridiculous. I mean, I get phone calls from my <laughs> mum all the time. She's just like, "You can't say that. You can't like. You just can't do that." I, everyone was worried. I remember the social media man. Sorry if I'm rambling, by the way. No, dude, this is perfect. Um, You're, oh, people sweet. are here for you. <laughs> oh, sweet. Um, yeah, I, I I I remember with social media man. Like, I I I. Uh, got verified and had this blue tick and had 300 followers and then i remember being so scared so scared of social media just like our first few months i remember all the cast rose buckley everyone they would see me write something and go yo yo take the swear words out don't 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 say fuck don't do this please and you can only play the game for so long before and I tried. I tried not to be me. I tried to be this version that, you know, was foul-mouthed and, and opinionated and, and liked dark jokes and liked saying things that maybe people shouldn't say. Um, but the minute that I was now responsible and I had something to lose and I and I represented a show, I, I was really scared. And I remember, again, it, it's it's difficult. It's it's and, and I guess at the end of the day, I just kind of gave over to my own personality and i and i was like there came a point where i was like oh, i don't give a fuck i mean i'm I, i'm gonna just be me and let's just see how that goes and let's see how much trouble i get into and let's see how much i can stir up and the truth is i think you know with social media i think if you're a good person people know people know that you are having fun and your your opinions aren't crazy. Like mm. I know who I am as a person. I know that I I, I care about others. I know that I I care about uh, um, social issues. At the same time, you know, I know I'm not gonna uh, fuck up one day and something from my you know 
I, 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 I'm a white supremacist <laughs> and, and I've been keeping it quiet. And one day I might make, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not worried because I don't have, I don't have kind of a, 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 a divisive opinions on stuff. They're usually, just, they're fairly straightforward. So I ended up just trusting, Hey, you know what? Be free. Use the language you want to use. You're not going to mess up. I'm not PewDiePie. Yeah. I'm not going to shout the N word on a video. That's not part of my vocabulary. It's not part of who I am. And once I think, and, and I think everyone was just scared for me, Rose, my mum, my sister, my girlfriend, everyone was scared that one day I will slip up. And it is there. I, I still, deep down somewhere, I'm like, fuck, one day I'm going to make a video. Wrong time. Or I'm going to write a caption and it's just, and I missed it. I missed it. I got it wrong. But do you still have that fear even though like people at such a higher level, whether it be government or uh or like that, uh, YouTube people just do so much worse stuff that you could ever come out of your mouth. Like I hate bringing. I, weird, up I, I weirdly think you. that I weirdly think we're more accountable because because of them we're not as important. So uh, it's yeah. like with YouTube, with YouTube, that fan base. Like when you look at Logan Paul, they're still there. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's what I was referring yeah, to. Still there, and it's it's grown. In fact, he's in. Yeah, I, I never heard of him until that same. happened. And he's in control of his content. You understand? So at the end of the day no matter what anyone says about what he did, however heinous that video was, I mean, it was disgusting to do. All he has to do is put up another video. And if he doesn't want to go on YouTube, he, he still has the Twitter following. He still has Instagram. He's not going to lose his platform. That platform is built solely of, the, of his own content. He might lose endorsements and he might lose certain deals, but he's not going to lose that. And with government, when I mean, you look at someone like the the president saying shithole, I think everyone's realised, particularly with this with this in this particular climate, um, he's actually not being held accountable for certain things that others would. The things that yep. he said, other people in lower positions would be removed, but he's protected. Uh, it doesn't matter what he says. I, I I wonder if he uses a racial slur next, will he lose his job? Probably not. It, it's he's somehow protected. He's somehow. It feels like he's somehow uh, bulletproof. Now, me, now if I said something, if I called Africa a shithole, dude, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm third on the call sheet on a CW show. It's very mm. easy to get rid of me. And, and my job depends on other people building that platform for me to speak, not like YouTube. So it doesn't take much for for that to be taken away from me and for it to just to just disappear into the ether. So it's it's weird. It's it's like I'm I'm not famous but I don't have enough of a machine to stand mm, up on my own. So where when yeah, I, I guess like like there are certain actors and, 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 and people in the industry who are at such a level um not anymore space of not being one of those. I I think not anymore because again, as big as he was, it, if the if you ain't you are not going to be employed again. People do not want to see you on their screens. It's a very easy decision now. He is not part of the casting so, call. Yeah, you know what's always always so interesting because there's certain people like like Mel Gibson. Like, I feel like if he did what he did today, he'd be gone forever. But or he somehow like it was like celebrating Mel Gibson coming back for Daddy Home's t Daddy's Home too after like his drunken anti-Semitic tirade. Uh, right. it's, it's like, and I, I, I have this conversation with friends all the time. Like, I feel like Louis CK is going to be back and give him like two years and he'll be back. Like maybe not, but it just, you know, I don't know why there are certain people who are allowed back and who aren't like, or sometimes 
I, mean, I guess like if an actor has a movie that bombs and they're allowed to make five more garbage movies and then sometimes they make one movie doesn't do well they're gone forever there's no real rules it's 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 t- it's a hard I mean, it's a tough industry yeah yeah there, yeah, there isn't, there isn't, there isn't rules. I, I don't understand. Yeah, why Mel Gibson's resurgence? Was... I think it's timing. I mean, that's just him. He's just one of the people I can think of, or like Chris Brown. But I mean, I, I'm. It, it is interesting to see, like now with the Me Too movement happening, and people are like, "Oh, Woody Allen's a creep." I'm like, mm-hmm. "Has anyone watched Manhattan?" <laughs> it's mm-hmm. been like we've all known this. So I also, I, I like thinking it's also more of a generational thing. Like people like of our age group are like saying more no to this as well. Well, I think people expect. I, I I I think that people expect better of us. We're we're much more aware, socially aware. Um, I think if a young actor came out and had very strong right wing views, I think that's looked upon as 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 way more uh, 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 um, uh, shocking than if a sixty year old mm. did. Because you're well, you're from that generation. You can you can almost be written off. Whereas you expect more from the younger generation because we should be more informed and we should be better educated. Um, so that's I, I I think that that can play a part into it. And also, you're right. I I don't know if there is a a rule. Um, it what works for one doesn't work for the other. And someone you know, like you said, someone can make five garbage movies and still yeah. have a career. Someone can make one. And it tanks, and they never work again. It's, it's. I'm sure there are more pieces to that. Um, for me, it isn't worth risking. I also, you attack trolls online, which I love when you do that because you're usually on the right side. I, I, I'm not. You attack, yeah. I say attack. Well, you you speak the truth. I highlight it. Uh, yeah, I highlight. And you're always it. right. And, and you're I, you're usually pointing out some shitty injustice or something racist that they're doing. I mean, yeah, I, I, I've, I've calmed down on that. But I'll tell you why I calmed down on that. One, because it, 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 while I was highlighting some of the things I was reading and just putting light on it, at the same time, I was also giving the wrong. I was repre- I, I was giving the wrong impression yeah. of what my Twitter account looks like. I remember reading something. It was like one comment said, "It was like it was at me, but not to me," and it was. Why does Rahul Kohli get so much hate on Twitter? And I was like, I don't. But I guess if I only quote tweet the hate once every week, that's all it looks like. I do not quote tweet every compliment. And my mentions are flooded with people who are praising the show, praising my work, praising my co-stars, praising an appearance on this or or a post. Just sweet messages, putting up old pictures and, and, and saying lovely things. I know, isn't that the internet? And they get maybe a like. And then one person, one person calls me a racial slur and I'll go, the fuck you say? And boom. Mm. And if you do that enough, now it looks like I'm being attacked. And the truth is, I wasn't being attacked. I was only ever shedding light on the minority. And I was doing that. And, and at the same time, it's really weird. You, I found myself... I wasn't enjoying it. That's the other thing. Like I watch Ricky Gervais again, another hero. I'll speak of him again, but he's an atheist like myself. Oh, me too. He engages, he engages people about religion and he always like quote tweets and he always puts together an argument or whatever, but he's always highlighted maybe the, the, the more, the negative things that are sent his way. I don't, I don't want to speak for him, but he's been doing it so consistently for so long. He must at some point, 
he must enjoy the banter or the back and forth or whatever. He gets something out of it. Me, when someone says something to me, my heart starts pounding like I'm going to get into a fight. I do have a temper. And I get the same feeling I do where if, if someone in a bar said something to me and my, I get tight, my heart starts pounding, I get anxious and that fight or flight kicks in and it's just words. And then I'd, I'd respond and I still don't feel good. And then they'd reply and I'd respond again. And I, and I would find myself doing it. And then once it was done, my point was proved. Say I won, quotation mark. You know, I don't think you ever win these things. But once it was done, I'd walk away, have a cigarette, whatever, do my thing, get on with my life. I'd look back at my Twitter feed about an hour later and I'd hate it. I'd look at the comment I've written. Whether I, whether I was what right or wrong, I was like, they fucking got you, man. They don't deserve, why did you get into that? And I, nine times out of 10, I delete them from my, from my feed. I'm like, why am I showing people this? Why am I, why am I doing this? And it was bumming me out. It would bum me out. And I've tried to make a conscious effort now. I still, depends on my mood. If I have a bad, and that's the thing is, well, I have a bad day at work or, you know, something hasn't gone my way today and I'm, I'm not feeling so great. And, and it's, yes. the, it's a digital way of bar fights. I mean, I grew up in, in Britain. I grew up in pubs. I know what that is. I know two guys, they go to work nine to five, about a shit week, mm. go in on Friday and someone spills your pint and it ain't about the pint. You'd, I know, I've been in those fights. I've been. I've, I've seen them happen. You are you are taking it to that place to get it off your chest, and it's not right. But but that's what that Twitter is to me. It became a weird place where I'd wait for it. Like, come on, fucking say something and watch what happens. Boom, I got you, and unload. And I never felt good about it. And uh, and I've watched. I've watched. So my social media. My social media is so weird, dude. It's it's. It's, it's such a weird place for me because it, so many people come up to me. It changed. Mm. like, And I'm only like, I haven't even got a huge following. It's not like I'm fucking Justin Bieber or anything. I've got like 160,000 followers on Twitter and, you know, I don't know, 200 plus on Instagram. And I, I used to get called Ravi in the streets. So people would go, like, they'd see me and Malcolm out and they'd go, oh my God, Babino, Rav, Ravi, oh, I'm a big fan of the show. And you go, oh, thanks. And as my social media grew, my name started coming up more than my fucking character name. So people would be like, sorry, are you Rahul Kohli? And say, yeah. And they go, I follow you. And it's always, I follow you on Twitter or Instagram. And then a compliment. And I was like, and I, and I worried. I was just like, uh-oh. Am I becoming a fucking internet personality over over an actor who... It, so I battled with that too. I'm like, should I dial it down? I do enjoy it, and I love making. I've been I've been that kid for years. I used to do it on on iMac when we all first when I first got the iMac and I had my camera. And this is like 2006, mm. and there wasn't Twitter or Instagram. I used to make these videos, and they'd go on a hard drive. The same shit you see now, I would make with friends. They wouldn't go anywhere. They're just on a hard drive mucking around. With, with uh, We used to do this all the time when we were kids. We did it in, in, in school when they gave us cameras. So it's, it is me. It's not me playing to anything. It's not me being an idiot and having fun. Uh, it isn't something I'm doing. I'm not pandering. I'm not trying to get a following. But at the exact same time, 
I do worry that my personality is getting in the way of my work and that people and I'm and I'm allowing it to people are blurring the lines between Ravi and me and 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 the truth of the matter is if you ask any cast member I'm one of the furthest removed from my character <laughs> people can't believe that for some reason they think I'm Ravi they think I improv and I and it's like I'm the most moodiest miserable piece of shit I am not Ravi in the slightest. I'm the one in the group that's the sourpuss. Rose, everyone has to be like, come on, roll, smile. Whereas Ravi, I'm, but they, but, but my social media doesn't represent that. And and I think to myself, like, because I'm not going to do comedy after this. I I I will make a conscious decision mm. to to explore other roles because I know what I'm capable of. And I know what I've played before. At the same time, I'm like, well. Maybe I'll hang up social media after I zombie. And I've been thinking about yeah. that because it works for this show. If you're on the CW and you're on a show called iZombie where you make pop culture references and you have fun and you don't take yourself too seriously, it's okay for your social media to reflect that. If I decide to make a film, if I'm casting a film next year and it's maybe about civil rights or it's about... Um, something in india or whatever it's 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 a drama and it doesn't have comedy and it's 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 a it's a serious show or production should i be doing snapchat filters at the same time yeah oh yeah definitely and i and that's what i i i think about i'm like maybe maybe once my work my portfolio diversifies or i change maybe then i'll maybe then i'll temper it because it works for iZombie. It, I know it works, and it has brought light to us. I mean, I know a lot of people have watched it because of social media. <laughs> so it, it's been a good tool. But I don't know if, like I said, if I was playing Batman next year, I don't know if I don't know if I'd um, be lip syncing to NSYNC in the Bat costume, or maybe I would. I don't know. I don't know. I just I I I I'm so grateful for everyone who 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 enjoys my my stuff, and it it makes me smile to see people react so positively to my dumb jokes but i do i do worry that i'm i'm putting myself in a position where people won't be able to separate the two well i mean at least for me like as a fan like when you were on uh supergirl like i wasn't like oh my god it's robbie like you it was too different i didn't i was able to differentiate pretty quick when you played um the um, the villain i'm sorry i forgot Jax, the name yeah a biomax yeah and you know, I, I'm not sure if you listen to like a lot of podcasts, but I was listening to uh, Kevin Smith's podcast, Fat Man on Batman. Yeah, and he had Armin something like the effects guy. And I guess he directed your episode. Yeah. And like, I don't know why, but out of the blue, unprompted, he uh, Armin said very nice things about you. He he, he did. I don't know. If you, did you hear that one by chance? I was someone. I was. I had received a few tweets. Yeah, it was um, awesome, and I was like, oh my god, that's so cool. That was. I mean, it's <laughs> even, and that's the funny thing. Even I was knocked back because i was like oh my god i am a professional actor i do do my job i forget that <laughs> i'm not a fucking clown yeah um so when he spoke about me you know <clears throat> and my process and the, the ideas i had for the character and, and le- learning my lines and, and and doing those things and spoke about me quite positively even i was a bit shocked because i'm like even i've sort of bought into the idiot on on instagram that i that i've been and that's a problem. I think even that's a, if I believe that now, where I'm like, "Fuck, I forgot." Yeah, I, I am an actor. Um, not, I'm not a, I'm not a YouTube star. Or a, I'm not a, a social media persona. Um, but you're an actor first. 
I'm an actor first, yeah, and even I forget that sometimes. I'm so busy with the phone in my hand, and I do have social media addiction. I mean, it's all of us, right? I mean, oh, yeah, we, for sure. we're all going. And it's like people you know in relationships that are miserable, but they only post pictures of how happy they are. I, well, yeah, exactly, I mean, absolutely. We all know those people. I've I've made a conscious decision with my missus to uh, to not post about her anymore. That means you're happy. If you don't have to, that's why I find the less people post about their relationship, the more happy they are. People, people love loved her, and she ended up like with like ten thousand followers on Instagram. Just, she's a teacher. Just from like Ali and Rose and people hanging yeah. out with her and tagging her and stuff, and and it it settles. It, I'm glad and that people think she's just as ma- as amazing as I think she is. Um, at the same time, I'm like, I want to have kids with this woman and I want to raise a family and I, I, I don't know if we are, I'm a hypocrite, dude. I don't know because I say all of this and I say, I, I say, you know, maybe it'd be nice if one of us wasn't, you know, on social media or, or had, was private and then I'll be the first person to, I don't know, face swap with my newborn and and so I, I I don't know I there's I I I'm, I can be very hot and cold about the ideas. I mean, you're being human. I mean, you go. We're all. It's just a whole fucking yeah, new world yeah. with this shit. And uh, I mean, I know you're big. You say not big. Ricky Gervais. And did you grow up with uh, any uh, Gary Shandling stuff? Like, did you ever watch Larry Sanders show? I didn't. No. No. Um, oh, dude, you have to. I mean, he's like. There's no, there's no Gervais without Shemling. Like if you kind of do the comedy tree, like the Larry Sanders. Oh, yeah. I, I when it came on Netflix, maybe I only saw it a few years ago. And there's this amazing. I found on YouTube. There's this like behind the scenes thing with uh, Ricky Gervais and and Gary Shemling before he passed, where they're doing a behind the scenes extra for something. And it, it's the most cringeworthy, yeah. awkward, funny thing you've ever watched in your entire life. Like they're both. Try, I guess Ricky Gervais got to Gary Shemling's house first. And like, so Gary Shandling is doing the, I'm going to make you uncomfortable. And then Ricky Gervais is trying to make him uncomfortable. It's like, you're sitting there. It's like, it's like well, an episode of Curb almost, but even more awkward. You'll, if, if you like Gervais, you're going to watch it and be like, I am so yeah. uncomfortable, but I love every second of this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And they nail it. Yeah. That they really, I remember uh, that, that style of humor was so, it's so I remember like, when it first came out, you didn't know how to deal with it. The dead, the, the dead silence, uh, and and it's weird because it's such a it's such a strange thing because yes. we all experience it. It happens every day. It happens all the time. Yet there wasn't a big enough spotlight on that style where it, it makes you feel these things. Like yeah, it's it's it revolutionized comedy. For yes. Me, oh God. Yeah. I mean, I I I, I this is Spinal Tap was 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 like yeah that really kind of opened my eyes to just to to, to, to the mockumentary to the and to that to that style and i know and i know that 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 that, that steve merchant and ricky gervais spoke about this is spinal tap as an inspiration for, for 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 the office um the problem is now and i so want to do it so much but it's um it's so trademarked. It's so copy. It, it's so you can't do it. It's better just to not do it anymore. Like I want to do it in everything. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna play that in scenes, and you can't. You can't go anywhere near it now. It's been done a million times, and it's it's 
But it is, I, 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 it's fantastic. There was a moment. Fuck, I love this moment. My, my favorite moment in iZombie was born out of the editing room. And it wasn't, it, I, I'm sure of it. Maybe I'm wrong. But we did not act it this way. And then we were sitting there watching the episode. And me and Rose and Matt just fucking, we, we just died. We were like, we, we didn't play the scene like that. That was amazing. And what it was was, there was a scene where Ravi's dissecting a rat. He's doing an autopsy on a rat. And he's with Liv. And Clive walks in. This is like episode fifth. Uh, I think it's 15 of season two or something like that. And Clive walks in and sees, because he doesn't know about zombies, he walks in and he sees a, 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 a dissected rat and then looks at Ravi. And Ravi puts a napkin or a, like a cover over the rat. And that was it. And it was just meant to be like a little moment that Clive just looks at the rat, looks at Ravi, and Ravi covers the rat, and they don't talk about it. Somehow, I don't know, I, and I'm sure they've used takes of me where I wasn't acting or wrote, but they managed to make that moment so long and awkward through just editing and finding bits. It cuts to Malcolm looking at me, me not in Ravi face, doing the weirdest expression, just dead space, cut to Rose, dead. And on, especially on network TV, on, on, on CW, you hardly ever get breathing room because you've got 42 minutes to just fucking get through this storyline and just blitz through. And there was this amazing just moment of awkward silence and it was and, and it was born out of the editing room and it's my favourite iZombie moment. It still makes me laugh every time when I see it because it's just, it's so different from anything we, we, we did. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. The one thing, um, I, the, you, you have two lines on that show that my wife and I quote all the time. And it's, uh, the, you know, Clive, what is George R. R. Martin doing right now? Not writing like that one cracked us up, and then one time you're like, "Thank you for doing sex to me." Like, for some reason, it <laughs> yeah. makes us laugh. So fucking mm. funny. Those are our two. Both, to, both to Clive. <laughs> just, oh, it was out of character for both Clive in Clive. the show, and just the way you the way you pronounce Clive, like it, it. It's like you know, like everyone, every couple, like you watch something, and then you have those quotes for something. But that's the one that we always just walk around. I was doing that last <laughs> night. Is like Clive? What's George R. R. Martin doing? so fucking funny yeah that's awesome <laughs> that's it's um the that that dynamic that i think one of the strengths of our show um is is the uh relationships uh and one of the reasons i love ravi so much and why i'm so privileged and lucky to play him i i, I know as well it's weird I, i'm i'm playing him now and I'm taking these like snapshots and Polaroids in my mind because I know that in five years' time I'm going to be like, fuck, that was a great character. Yeah. Just an unfiltered dude who just did everything. Like he does everything on the show. He does action. He does comedy. He does romance. He does – like it's weird. He is not the geeky sidekick. He is the geeky sidekick, but he's also – technically he can be a bit of a CW actor in a love triangle, but at the same time he can grab someone's shotgun and, and, and then – cure zombies and be brave and but also be a oh, coward you get, in, you get in fights get in fights yeah and he's got he's got flaws and he's he drinks and so it's so rare it's so rare to have a character like that and it's and i'm I mean, especially an actor of uh like uh, an indian actor like oh so much never happens exactly it, you don't ever get that fully developed character and that's one thing the show strives is it's got a great diverse cast and they For lean sure. on it so hard and I, but 
Absolutely. Yeah, you it know, was a, it was a big deal to me. Like, it's huge. It, it sounds, it sounds, this sounds shallow, and I don't want it to come across shallow because I give a fuck about stuff like this. But I'm only speaking of this as an Indian man having a love interest in the form of Peyton, Ali Mashalka, who is a, a, just one of the most beautiful women. It goes without saying how intelligent she is and how mm. wonderful a person she is. So I don't want to just focus on someone's uh, physical attributes. But Ali, Ali is is one of the most beautiful women inside and mm. out I've ever met. And that type of person in a show is usually reserved for a like white a major. male lead. Like a major. Yeah, no, a you're so right. And... I zombie pair us off together without any fucking explanation, without any type of, you know, reason. Like, well, he's got money. Or, you know, well, he's a... No, 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 no. They like each other because they like each other. And it's an interracial relationship that's never really hammed or, or, or rammed down anyone's throat. It just is. Peyton loves Rabbi. Rabbi loves Peyton. And no one cares. And I tell you, from all the scripts I've read over the last 10 years... The amount of times I'll read my love interest and it has to, it always comes with, there are always these, these sidebars that take it away that go, well, the reason is, is because of this, or my love interest is Indian. They stick to their own, stick to your own. And, and always a certain caliber, not ridiculously Hollywood looking actress it's usually a very understated very simple we don't draw attention to it kind of thing and and i zombie have have an indian actor on their show and have never i mean and it's been it's been it's been wonderful at the end of the day listen i don't i i'm very careful i'm not trying to white face and i'm not trying to um hide my roots on a tv show it's not about that um, that's why I love about just because it. the characters I mean, we're not denying the fact that he's Indian it, he is I mean yeah his name is Ravi Chakrabarti and it's it's not like colorblind casting it, like here's a an Indian guy playing a character that could be white like the yeah. whole Sterling K Brown speech she just made at the uh, the Emmys like oh I didn't see that oh it's beautiful but it's it's so true of like you need people of color to play people of color because then you get to have a relationship and it, it, it it's social change in the smallest level and and, and yeah. I love that he's just not like it's fucking just he's not a nerd he's just a cool dude. Just a, yeah, he's just a guy, and 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 one of the reasons that I love playing him is because in this respect I am Ravi. There is a there are similarities to me and Ravi. Uh, I, I I I fucking I play video games all the time, and I I, I read comics, and I. Um, I do things that I used to, I, I, and not until very recently, and the only reason is because I don't have the space, I make model kits of sci-fi ships, and I airbrush them, and I sit there for hours, and I paint them, and I look at reference photos of the prop models, and, and I used, you know, uh, these are things that people would deem geeky. At the same time, I'm an actor who, and that job is cool, who... Goes out and makes a TV show and and does press junkets and goes out and parties and drives a, an American muscle car. There is no pattern to what a person should be. We who we are. You can't put us in boxes, and that doesn't go for. I'm not just talking about race. I'm talking about just just people in general. You are allowed to have a diverse taste in what you do, who you date, 
your views and your stuff like that. And and Ravi is absolutely one of those people. And 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 it's I cannot tell you, and I never thought I'd ever feel this way, but seeing seeing men dress up at cosplay and women, but predominantly seeing bearded brown men dress up as me at cosplay. No. It does something, man. Every time it fucking warms my heart. Because I know for someone who used to go to conventions, there isn't very many people for us to dress up as unless we want to go as someone from the fucking Temple of Doom. Or, you know, like... It, so when I see... And I've seen, like, Latino men, and I've seen Arabic men, Middle Eastern men, and Indian men. I've even seen white guys just beard it up and go for it. And and, and I, when I see that, and it's like... That isn't lost on me. How special that is, and how special, and I'll never, I'll always be grateful that my first entry into the American TV world and film world was was Ravi, a man who is everything. Uh, it, it's the best show reel you'll ever get, and it, it, I, I, I've been given offers for other TV and film, and I tell you, man, it's it's been funny. Not one of them has been a terrorist. Not one of them has been. Not one of them has been an Indian guy in an arranged That's marriage wonderful. with the same fucking storyline we've seen over and over again. Every single one of the things that I've been approached for have been love interests for uh, for the lead women, comedic roles, um, and a couple of villains. And none of them are based are, are racially motivated castings, and that to me is a product of Ravi because they saw it and they saw that you don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to do an interracial storyline to have me with a woman that isn't of color. You don't have to excuse it. There doesn't have to be a, well, what does his family think? Oh my God, does he, it doesn't have to, it just is, it just is. He can just be another character. And, and all the offers have been in that world and it's, it's fucking awesome. I mean, the lot, I just did a movie last year. It comes out on Netflix this year. And uh, it was a an open casting call. It was open. There was no there was no race. It was uh, funniest man for the job. And um, we uh, Ben Schwartz is is the lead, and I play his best friend in it. And whoa, um, um, uh, oh my god, uh, John Ralphio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just did a movie with him. Oh, you're in a movie with him? Yeah, we. Um, oh my god, not many is people. He as not cool as he's fucking dude. Life. He's fucking awesome. He he. Not many people that know about insane. it because I don't know when it's coming out. Right. Um, it's Netflix. Yeah, it's Netflix. It's a Netflix original, so it will just drop when it drops. And I've seen, I've done ADR for it, so I've seen, um, I've seen some of the scenes. I've done some voice, you know, dubbed dubbed over some stuff. It's fucking funny. It's gonna. I think it's gonna do all right, actually. Um, but I shot it. I shot it when I finished season three, and um, and it's a comedy. And we did a lot, a lot of improv. And 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 Ben Ben is the improv king. He invited me to his improv show. Oh, snow pants? Is it still snow pants? Or something different? No, it was the, it's like the worst job in the world uh, he does in he does in Los Angeles. At UCB? Where you, I mean I live in I'm yes. East Coast, but like I listen to tons of pop comedy podcasts, so like I know all Oh sweet, yeah. So you know, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went so so they we wanted to hang out because we're playing best friends on the show, we wanted to hang out before we start filming. So um, we went out for dinner. Um, me, him and my missus and and then we uh, we went and saw him live do his improv show. And and I'm glad I saw that because I was like Fuck, this guy's good, and he's a comedian by trade. And and um, the the director and the writer, uh, Jared, he wrote 
he's one of the writers on Lego Batman. Oh damn! He has a ton of comedic. So so I was being brought into this world as like. <laughs> as a funny man and Ben had told me as well that the people auditioning for his best his best friend role mm. were comedians friends of his and um, and I uh, and I managed to get the role of, of the tape again so we I went on set and we smashed out my stuff it was main a lot of it was improv and again I'm not a comedian by trade but we went for it and uh, it should be out this year but again that was another role uh, I play a character called Ed not Raj it was Ed and, I th- and I, I've seen this happen before as well I was like I auditioned for a, a, a role that's open for any ethnicity say it's a Jack and then uh, you get it and then when you come back the revision is they change the name from Jack to like Jaspreet you go oh there you go now I'm ethnic again. They can't just have the generic name, and now we have to make a we have to make amendments to that. Which, but with 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 this role, yeah, we um, I'm I'm excited, man. It should be out soon. You're in a world now. Ben Schwartz. I mean, I'm not sure if anyone besides some people are listening might be like, oh, that kid from Parks and Rec. Sometimes <laughs> he's also like a very talented screenwriter, voice actor, like for sure. He, Oh my God, he's in fucking he's in Force Awakens. He's uh one of the voices. BB-8. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and he showed me he showed me some stuff on his phone of that. Oh, that must have been crazy. Yeah, yeah he's man. that dude's got. And he's a uh, Ducktales. Ducktales, yeah. Who's doing with Duck David Tales Tennant right and uh, Danny Pudi and Kate? Man, you're yeah. gonna get wrapped up in that comedy, and that's a good world though, because everyone casts each other and each other's shit, and I love that stuff. Like, like people love like Adam Sandler used to do that, and like you see you see all the same yeah, actors yeah. and the same stuff, and they, like and they start to diversify like. It's it's crazy. Like, uh, was it uh, Bob and David were in fucking the post I just heard from Mister Show? I didn't see it. Oh wow! But I'm like, what a weird yeah, yeah, world yeah. where like an unknown HBO comedy from the '90s would lead you to a fucking Spielberg movie. I mean, you're in good hands with yeah. Zombie. Look yeah. at the track it's, record with some of the the people that uh, Rob Thomas worked for, like Kristen. Yeah. Well, that's what we're trying to figure out, man. Who's the next Kristen Bell? Adam <laughs> like, Scott too. I mean, even um, yeah. Uh, what's the oh god? What's the guy's name? Ryan Hansen. Ryan Hansen, and then the the guy who's Gilfoyle on um, Silicon Valley. Martin Sh- Martin something. He was on Freaks and Geeks. Oh like, fuck! Martin Star. It was Martin Star Party Down? Yeah, he's in Party Down. And so is Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah, Kristen yeah. Bell's in it a bunch. Yeah, I mean, Lizzie Kaplan. I mean, you get to work with Ken Marino and all the great uh, Veronica Mars we people do. too. We do. Yeah, and Rico. Oh, yeah. Um, and Rico, who is just. He's a director of our shows. I think I you saw know. that. And he was on this old David Spade sitcom that, like, when I would stay home from school sick, I, just shoot me. I used to watch it all the time. And then I got so yeah. happy when I saw him pop up again. I'm like, yes. I always love that dude. Yeah. He, we, we, like, uh, have you seen um, uh, Galaxy Quest? Wait, with Tim Allen? Yeah. One of my favorite movies, and I don't mean that ironically. I watch it once a month. I think it's. I, I actually think it's perfect. So Rico's in there, yeah, right? He's one of the. And so is uh, Rain one Wilson, of the one of the side characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of the yeah, Rain but, Wilson. Yeah, um, that, that's one of my favorite movies. And I always get shit for it. I'm like, watch it. It might be a perfect sci-fi. That's movie. what Rob Th- Rob Thomas is. Rob Thomas is the one who told me to watch <sighs> Galaxy Quest. Um, we were we were doing a, me and Rob were doing a sign in, and we were sitting next to each other. And we were just talking shit, and Rob made a Galaxy Quest reference because we were doing mm-hmm. autographs. And I was like, I don't know what you, I don't know, I don't know what you're fucking talking about. And uh, he made me watch it, and then then oh. I worked with Rico, and I was like, dude, you're 
fucking awesome. And Rico um, directed two episodes of iZombie. And one of one of the episodes recently, I wasn't in the first one as much when Rico was directing, but I was this time. Uh, I've been very busy season four. So if you like Ravi, you're about to get a fucking overdose of him <laughs> on season four. I'm very season three was my lightest season. There were there were other things going on. Season four is like a like yeah, I'm all over that shop. But but um but yeah, Rico is directing me and when you have an actor as as good as Rico, uh it's tough, it's intimidating, man, because like you know he knows his shit and he knows how to do it as well. So it's um it was a good education to 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 uh to work with him. Um, but yeah, I mean, Rob's got a knack for for casting, and so I guess you would be the next Adam Scott because he's a drama actor put in a comedy role, and now he's in nothing but comedies. But he's always the straight man in a comedy. That's well, I a lot think to put I, on you, but I, that's that's what I'm putting. I'll take it, but I think I think Rob Thomas had said that he has this slight affection for me in the similar vein to Ryan Hansen. Okay. Because neither of us were working before <laughs> yeah. Rob Thomas, so he gave he gave Ryan Hansen his start in Phonic and Mars, and he gave me a start. I could see that too. I, I think I I I think like that's like arc two of the one of the biggest things I'll take away from my zombie is the relationships, the the um, the connections that we have as a cast. That's not fake, and it's not. It's not just there for social media or whatever. It's not like a contract. As wonder, I, it always seemed genuine, but yeah, you never know course. if that shit online. That's really it's cool the real to hear. Deal. And it's it's crazy. And the show, the producers had no idea that that was going to happen because they're not here. They they're in LA. They write the scripts in LA, mm. and we're over here in Vancouver with the Vancouver crew, just making it. And you have no idea how 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 that's going to go. You know, that's you just you're just rolling a dice on. Uh, on with that stuff but we got very close very quickly and i think we're at a point now where i mean look let's be let's be fair we are all on location which helps because my my family ain't here my best friends aren't here they're in london and rose's family's in new zealand and her life's in la and malcolm's life's in la so we are away from home so you are going to see each other a lot yeah. more. but it's the it's it's the way in which we see each other it's the connections it's you know not a day goes by when we're not having dinner together where we're not um on a group text we'll have just worked and that's the it's the little things you know we'd have just worked together all of us and then we're in the group text just roasting someone or sending gifts and fucking around and there's so much affection and love and and i'll be honest with from one through six so from from Rose all the way to Ali, the six of us, I, pound for pound, I I I I think everyone has the potential to to be the next Kristen yeah. Bell, Adam Scott, whatever. I, I Rose is is what she does on that show is so fuck the show being. Um, uh, underappreciated or whatever the whatever people say or. or Roses, Rose, it, and it winds me up. I do get, and I, this I do get tight about, but you can't, you know, you have to be careful because I don't want it for fame. I don't want it to make our show better. But when you talk about awards and stuff, I watched this girl 
this a kiwi come in every week. She gets less than a week's prep to do another brain. She's playing stereotypes that are American stereotypes. These are American brains. Um, she's not playing kiwis, and she's not. She's always having to play an American mm. archetype, not stereotype archetype. And she does it week in week out. We have done fifty seven episodes. Yeah. She's almost yeah. done fifty seven brains, and she does it. And she's twenty. Fuck, I don't even know. Twenty seven, twenty eight. She does this. Every day works the longest hours. No one says anything. Not on our show. We love her. But the work. And I'm not saying give our zombie awards or, or, or recognize Rose's talent. But the, the, the amount that she has to do and the, and the class and the talent in which she does it. She is one of the most gifted actors I've ever, ever seen. Um, and then if you just go straight down the line and you talk about Malcolm, I mean, <laughs> Malcolm's a fucking beast of an actor. Been working for years. And he's made Babino. Babino's a tricky character, I'll tell you why. As if you've got time. I don't know if you're in a rush. No, I'm good. I'll have too much your time. Oh, you're good. I'm good at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mal- Babino's one of those characters on paper. The audience don't have to care about him. And they never did. They, like, they never had to. Like... He's, he's the procedural man. I'm the police officer who comes along with the case. I don't know that she's a zombie. We, she uses me off humor, but we solve the case. And, mm. But all the drama stuff happens with other characters, but it doesn't happen with Babano. It's a very easy character for no one to care about. Not with Malcolm. With Malcolm, he's become one of the fan favorites. The way he's brought humor into it, the way he he's made... There, there, are, there are textbook Babano reactions and... He's turned a character that that could have just been pedestrian into a into a fully fleshed, loved. Yeah. It's a good point. Person on a show that has a ton of colourful characters, he's right up there. Um, it, it, it's it's because I know I know I would have I know as an actor when I when I, if I had got Babino in season one, I'd have been like, well, what do I bring to this? I'm just doing procedural. I'm just, I'm, I'm in, I'm, I interrogate, I do, not with Mal. And not the writers either. They find great ways to, his relationship with Bozio and, and things like that. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it takes a certain, it takes a certain actor to do that, man. And, uh, yeah, and the same goes for everyone else. They're all just, they're just incredible. I, I love, um, that's a good point too, because I think he is like the one character that could have just been like here for a paycheck. And, yeah, in in some ways, yeah, because he's, he's a procedural yeah, like law and order. Just like, yeah. all right, yeah. Like, so do you guys are you? I know just because you're on the same network doesn't mean you all know each other. But do you guys get to interact with the CW, not CW, like the the Arrowverse crew at all? Because I know it's Vancouver. I feel like you must run into like uh, Stephen Amell at some point. <laughs> yeah, you see Stephen Amell sometimes. Um, I'd, uh, I'd say I know Rose and um, Daniel Panabaker are kind of are close. They go out a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of people freaking out. They're like, oh my god, there's definitely a big circle of Flash fans and iZombie fans. There are, you had um, uh, Gerger on Flash is uh, Rose's boyfriend who gets a chance to shoot. Uh, yeah, Greg Finley. Yeah, so he was asking. Yeah, there's, been, there's a ton of crossover so in terms of the, the actors. Like when you were in Supergirl, I, I was people like a lot of the iZombie fans, like, were, it was exciting to see that crossover. But like, what was the Supergirl experience like? Was it awesome? Yeah, it was. It was different. Um, 
I'm I'm very sp- I'm very spoiled with iZombie because best buds. <laughs> that's it's my best buds. It's it's my show. It's my work. I, I go in. I got my car space. I say hello to my mate, and I go sit in my trailer, and I got all my comforts. Well, according I'm, to Instagram, then you like torment Robert Buckley, which is fucking hilarious. We do, yeah. We, <laughs> we me it. and him are we we we're quite ruthless. But he's you he, see the, you see the safe things on Instagram. Yeah, where it's funny. actually quite it's quite bad. I guess see, I think he's, he's actually a character. I feel like it would have been easy uh, just to be like, yeah, he's just a good looking white guy, and he's not going to be interesting at all. And I feel like he, like the first season of this is us does that with a main character but like robert he's he's a really fucking good actor his he's everyone on that show i mean i know i keep saying that but like i really mean it because like i don't think that's the case for a lot of shows like i didn't watch season four of flash i wasn't into it this year but i'm really excited for season four of iZombie and like other things oh thank you man yeah rob again yeah you're right i mean that's the thing like that's what makes a good show is there are no pedestrians. Like, so so with Buckley, once you get over the fact that, you know, he is the all-American beautiful hero, and he, you know... He's Captain America, essentially. He's Captain America, exactly. He's Captain America. And he's got the body, and he has the looks, and he's, you know, he's chiseled, and he's white, and he's an American. And, and that's that's... You know, good old fashioned Hollywood, right there, and, and where he differs, and where, and this thing you can't ignore it. Robert is one of the funniest men on the planet. That's not fair. Robert is funnier than comedians I've worked. Yeah, with. yeah. He's hilarious, and you know what? What the problem with Buckley is? He's too good looking. Sounds like oh, poor Buckley. Well, yeah, because comedy's for ugly he don't, people. He never gets to exercise that in previous jobs because exactly, <laughs> which I love being part of that world <laughs> but like but so so like with with um with bucks he has to hide that he never gets to showcase it and it, it's not written that way but then you go into you do go into a press junket with him you know for 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 something and he's just he's 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 got the audience in tears or he's got the the, the journalist cracking up i watched him make tsa agents laugh i didn't even see what he said but that's the kind of guy he is i walk with him fucking miserable tsa agent gives me shit i walk past buckley says something guy starts screaming out with laughter and i'm like that's buckley that's what he does he just he gets you gets to you does that with my family does that with everyone and i've spoken to him a million times about comedy i've even said dude just fucking grow a beard or something man or just like put on weight do something get get out of the love interest world because it's 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 Riverdale. <laughs> also, you know, actors you get on, younger kids are coming up. Yeah. You know, you got the, yeah, you got the KJ Appers with the six packs and stuff, and he's 21, 22. It's easier, man. You, you know, you're in your, your mid 30s now. And, and, and anyway, so you've got this hilarious dude, one of the best comedic timing. And, 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 and credit to our zombie writers. I mean, they picked up on Buckley's sense of humor instantly. They knew that they had that in the. He had that in his back pocket. A major still has to be a love interest, but um, like you saw him on Teenage Girl. I right? just watched that today, like right before we were doing this. Yeah, so fucking funny. You can't, you, there ain't many actors you can do that with. There ain't many white. Uh, there, there there aren't many um, uh, love interests who you could then give them that mm. the next episode and expect them to deliver. But that's Buckley, and that's how good he is. And I. I've said to him, and we're talking about it, but but 
I will get comedy stuff. I'm a, I, for some reason, you know, I, I, I know I, I can play love interests. I'm still six foot four and I look a certain way or whatever. And I know I can do that, but I'm always going to get comedy because the reason I'm going to get comedy is because someone took a gamble and, and now that's out there. So people know I can do it. For him, someone needs to take a gamble. And I've, I've got to the point with him where I'm like, well, if no one's going to take a gamble, let's fucking write our own stuff. You know, let's do it. Because I know he'll crush. So we're, we're in talks. We, we have an idea for a script. So we're going to... You got to bring him to UCB with Ben. Just for a night. Do some improv. But that's a different beast. But I, mean, I think I think I think like, oh, be, I like being around this. Yeah, yeah. I think he'd be... Well, I, he's great at improv. I mean, he's... he's that's not fair. Sharp. That's not fair. He's sharp. To be good at everything. A lot of it, yeah. He, he, he is. I'll, I'll kick his ass at video games, though. So he's not good at everything. Oh, good. I mean, that's another fascinating thing about, like, when you look at your cast and Robert Buckley is not the lead, it's it's Liv, because it's so rare to use a TV show with a female lead. And actually, most episodes, I uh, pass the Bechdel cast, which is uh, Bechdel test. Oh, do we? Yeah, frequently, which is not common in network television. But And it's interesting, oh, you know, he... So that, go tell your writers that. That's actually, I'm talking to one of your writers, I think, in a couple of weeks. Um, who I just was talking to them. To, uh, do you know Bob Dearden? Oh, I know. Yeah, we were just... He, <laughs> yeah, Bob. he's coming on. I'm, I know. He's good fun. Very smart man. Very funny. Um, yeah, Bob's Bob's awesome. Wrote some really great episodes. Because um, when you when you do a... Uh, when you do an episode, when you write it, you come up for a couple of days. Mm. So you, so we get to meet everyone who writes, and because there is a there is a disconnect between us and them because of the where they're at in the writers' room. So we don't get to spend as much time. But it's awesome when we do get the writers there because you get a good insight into stuff. Because sometimes you don't yeah, understand shit. You know, you you read something in a script and it's just like I I don't get it for whatever reason and it's amazing it's lovely to have them there to really kind of help um but bob's yeah bob's one of the oh, best awesome. man bob's been there since day one yeah, it was funny because i just put like this yeah, tweet yeah, yeah. i was on twitter yesterday and i was just like i really want to get someone on from iZombie, and i i tweeted the writer's room and the show and then the writer's room account wrote to me it's like hey reach out to this person if you're interested and i was like and then I I was just crazy. It was like a good. I was like my daughter went to bed early, so I had some free time. I was like, all right, I'm gonna try to do some booking tonight, and it actually fucking paid off, and it was fucking wonderful. Uh, I did uh, nice. Yeah, man. I saw the I saw the tweet, and I was like, it's so weird as well because I I don't listen. I used to listen to podcasts a lot, and I haven't been getting enough um, uh, of my uh, Liverpool Football Club stuff because of because of the time zones and country i don't get as much access to football and also i don't talk to my boys all my football chat has been taken away from me because we're on different time zones so i don't get to have good football chat so i started uh, downloading um football podcasts oh that's awesome so i was sitting there and i was listening to a few and it reminded me i was like fuck and it's so weird because i was just like i do love podcasts man i love sitting there and chatting and chewing the fat i want to do some podcasts for iZombie press off my own, because because like we we they'll, they'll set up a couple of stuff for us, but like usually people don't realize this. Just hit me up on Twitter. That's like, how this happened, people. Yeah, because 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 if you try and approach a CW or something, I don't know, I don't know where that goes. And what's well, funny because I actually I did I did it the right way. I hit up all your management yeah. and just and th- and that's very common. Nothing. I, I don't know if I don't know if like um, I don't know what the procedure is, but for me a lot of the things that I've done um, 
like the Rooster Teeth stuff and and other podcasts and even Jake. Well, Jake and Amir was through Rose, but like um, most of it's just like I'm on Twitter, I see the tweet, I'm in the mood, I'm like, yeah, let's do it, and it's as easy as that. And and if I like it, I DM and I'll just go, yeah, let's let's set up a time. So. That shit works. It works for me anyway. I don't know if it works for other people, but I, I've had it work a bunch of times, and it's been pretty fucking wonderful. But I think some of the acts. I think also there's a, there's a slight fear, you know, because you gotta you gotta have trust that you're not. So some people are afraid to, and that's we all have different personalities. I'm not. I'm not phased. Like I'm happy to talk to a stranger for how long? We Probably talking? like an hour. Fuck! Oh, wow, that's over an hour. Yeah, and just and no, and just trust that we're gonna have a good time and have a good connection and 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 and, and talk. Well, some yeah. some some people are worried by that, and also <laughs> some people are worried that if they talk enough, they're gonna say something fucked up. Have you ever heard that theory that some actors are just like don't have any personality and they're just kind of a shell to embody other uh, things? Yeah, like I I think that's always like a theory, especially like the huge megastars or whatever, like. Like, I mean, I've heard Tom Cruise on, like, uh, the Nerdist podcast, and it fucking sucked. Oh, did it? Like, oh, you gotta find, like, at one point they asked him, he's like, I watch a movie every day. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, what do you watch? And then he couldn't say the name of a movie. Like, he was just so in Tom Cruise world where he didn't, he couldn't answer anything because it was so political. Like, oh, do I say Shaun of the Dead? Do I say Star Wars? I don't want to offend anyone. And it was just so cookie cutter. It was so boring. And I think, like, that's the success of, like, WTF with Mark Maron is, like, people, I want the raw shit. I just want to yeah. Who are you as a guy? Who are you as a girl? What's that's what people yeah. want. And I mean, there are still yeah. there are still rules. Look, at of the course. end of the day, like I've learned. I remember I used to do um, when I had just like friends and family on social media. I used to say, "Just saw this film, and it's a pile of dog shit," and that was it. And it wasn't the most offensive thing in the world. I don't do oh, that no. anymore <laughs> because nine times out of ten, I think I might know someone who worked on it, or I may work for that yeah. person. That shit comes around real quick. Like I told you, that guy. Or was, you won't work for that person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That guy was, was was mentioning and just, you know, how shitty he thought the Veronica Mars Kickstarter was, and how they made, and he was kind of quite being quite negative about their fan base, just like, oh, how did that? If that if that shite can make it, and I worked with the guy weeks later. Yeah. I learned. Very, I remember. I remember. Um, I learned a lesson about talking shit. You know, first day of the pilot was a friday so i done so i did I, I did my work in the morgue and it was all the first stuff all of the you know is that a zombie thing and all of the stuff that we did that that pilot i did that all in pretty much one day and then we went out for dinner the next day with uh, the producers and i hadn't they didn't know me because i didn't come in for a screen test um i didn't i wasn't in la um they had no access to me i was the biggest gamble mm. on on the pilot because i was a guy yeah. they booked off tape no meetings no nothing i flew in the day before we needed to film and i shot my stuff they didn't know if i'd do the job they didn't know what to expect and they knew i was unknown and untested once that had settled the next day we went out for dinner and i'm sitting with the producers and i think he asks me just about stuff and I remember I said to him, I'm a big John Hamm fan. And I said, you know, in some of the kind of darkest moments of my career, my girlfriend would send me like John Hamm articles because John Hamm, he didn't make it until he was in his mid thirties, if that. And look at him. And he's quite cat. He's a, yeah, exactly. But but Mad Men is Mad Men is you know, 
it's made him a juggernaut and he stuck with it. I mean, his agent dropped him in, in, cause he wasn't booking. I think he was with WME and they let him go and, and John Hamm stuck with it. And I remember I was, I, I, so when I was talking to Dan Etheridge, my producer, I told him this no at this dinner, first dinner. And he went, Oh, it's funny you should say that John, John's one of my closest friends. And, and he goes, yeah, him, Dan and John and Paul Rudd, they all kind of grew up together in California. And they're, they're quite close because Paul Rudd's also a part of Party Down. Um, and Oh, yeah, because Paul Rudd and John Hamm and then the, a girl from the American office are all from like the same town in like St. Louis or some shit. I don't know if I don't know if they're all in the same. I know that there was like a California group that would hang out during the early John Hamm years. and Paul Rudd are from the same part of the country. And then Rudd brought John Hamm out. At some point. Oh, there you go. And then I know well, Rudd is like their buds from like from before they were famous. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't know that I was sitting with the oh, third Oh, imagine one. if you said something bad about John Hamm. And that's exactly what, that's exactly how Not on a professional level, but a personal level. What if I just said, yeah, and you know, and I saw that John Hamm movie and what a fucking dick. And then you, you just, just insulted someone's good mate. <laughs> yeah, something that anyone else can say. But if you're in that world, you're probably talking about someone's friend or someone's, you know, colleague. So I learned that real fast. So 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 yeah, like like I said, with 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 podcasts, yeah, be real and you know I'll, I'll be self deprecating because I I ain't gonna take offense. I'll say my, I'll talk about my flaws and I'll be honest about that stuff. And if I didn't like something, I'll just choose not to talk about it. You know, there are certain topics I don't want to talk about. And I just won't. Have you met John Ham yet? I feel like you're at some. Yeah, I have. Is he as yeah. handsome in real life? Yeah, I did. I met. He's he's he's, he's and incredible. funny too. He's, he's like. He's like a force. I remember I saw him. So like literally, so after talking to Dan about that, uh, six, seven months later, we're at the TCAs um, to, to promote iZombie. And I go out for, for a cigarette and um, John Hamm's outside with Elizabeth Moss. Oh God. And they're just talking. And, and I was like, fuck, should I go over? And I text Dan and I went, John's John Am standing right there. Should I say hello? And he went, "Yeah, you should say hello. He's a nice dude. Don't worry about it." And I was like, "Fuck!" And I went over and I said, oh, "I'm so sorry to to interrupt you." And he was like, "Yeah, how you doing?" And and he's and I'm big. I'm six foot four, but he felt bigger. Even though I think I'm taller than him, he just felt bigger. And I I felt like I was looking up to him for some reason. But but um, even though we were on the the same same uh, floor level, but um. I, 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 I said to him, hey, I'm, I'm an actor on this show. I'm on my zombie. And Dan, Dan Etheridge is my producer. And he was like, oh, Dan, yeah. And then he showed love and, 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 uh, and he was a sweetheart. And I was just like, wow, this world changes real quick. Um, it's just how, how fast do you, you say something in this. Uh, right now, like I say something, like, like I'm, a, I'm a big Star Wars fan. And, you know, I keep saying I want to be in Star Wars. And for some reason nowadays, it feels like. That's possible, man. This is super possible. I mean, I've already met some people for there, so like it's it's and and they're diversifying the cast, which is huge. They are, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's. I don't. Well, I'll tell you what. Now I'm being a spoiled child. I'll tell you why. Because before, I felt like there was a ticking clock to be on a Star Wars film because oh, they yeah. were only going to make a certain amount. When I when I made that dream, my dream, there were six films. But it was going to be six. So the, I made this dream after the originals. And then in the pre, before the prequels, I wanted to, to be in them. 
now there's been there's we know there's three plus there's been two spin-offs there's another spin-off coming out and there's a separate trilogy by Root Johnson that's coming out plus there's probably going to be others now I'm like oh well they, I don't know if it's going to be that special to be in a Star Wars film anymore there's going to be about fucking yeah. 50 of them I guess you know what wanting to be in a Marvel film there's how many Marvel films are there I suppose it's still special yeah. well, I heard something depressing today that no one alive today will be alive to see the conclusion of Star Wars because Disney is just going to make them forever <laughs> so it's like yeah they are but I don't know if well I don't know if that's a bad thing I, I, I think it's great did you did you like that what are your thoughts on Last Jedi I uh you want that I mean I don't I'm I'm not like a an insane Star Wars fan like I like it so I don't really care if you like it or not I'm a fucking diehard fan yeah it's religion to people um, yeah and it's one of my religion uh I watch rebels I watch the Clone Wars I watch everything I would read the books when I was younger made the shit I did everything I have the credentials so I wasn't the biggest fan and that's fair I put that movie in order of preference just above the last the other two prequels one and two really i even think revenge i think i liked parts of revenge of the sith more than i did last jedi wow. and i don't think revenge of the sith is as amazing as some people say i i get a lot of stick for this because i like rogue one i think rogue the thing is star wars for me was always three movies that probably shouldn't have been six and definitely shouldn't have been nine and when you look at the quality of the films in my opinion if i wanted to be super fucking harsh with star wars when you when you see the greatest film lists when they go out when 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 imdb or film four whoever when they put out the greatest films of all time a new hope and empire nine times out of ten are in that because that's the quality of those films. Now, some people now turn around, and I don't know if it's new fans, but I see A New Hope getting bashed a lot. Like, <laughs> watch it again, bro. Not that good, bro. Sh- shut the fuck up. It was incredible. You don't understand its importance. It was still well acted. The script's fine. I don't know why now people are nitpicking at it. But anyway, Return of the Jedi is not that great. Neither are the prequels. Force Awakens, to me, was all right. I wasn't... I was like, yeah, I mean, it was made well, and I liked where they were. I, I, I liked some of the questions it asked, and it had moments in there where I enjoyed it, and it had moments where I was like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Rogue One, as a film, I enjoyed. I, 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 I really enjoyed, and I've put that above other Star Wars films. I put it above Force Awakens. I remember people being like, how can you fucking like Rogue One? It's like, I don't think the others are that strong. I just don't. Whereas, I, I really took something from Rogue One, and Rogue One felt like deleted scenes from the era I'm in love with the most. I'm not. I'm not a Star Wars fan because, uh, you know, I the first time I saw Naboo or the fucking pod races, I, I, you know, I got excited. I'm a fan of Star Wars because of that particular era, because of the 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 1977 films. So when you give me a film like Rogue One that takes place hours before the film that i love most that got me into the front i'm onto you're onto a winner i don't give a fuck about 30 years before or 30 years later so last jedi oh interesting uh, i don't know yeah i'm I, I you know what i watched it twice and i don't like the cinema experience i always I, nine times out of ten always prefer a movie after watching it at home in my yeah i, I hate the cinema experience i love the home viewing 
I've always mm. done. I always spend money on a good home system. I watch it my way, my time, cup of tea. And then I really... I didn't like The Dark Knight, right? Dark, the Dark Knight and Batman Begins are two of my favourite films ever, right? I watched The Dark Knight Rises at the cinema. Hated it. Hated it. Didn't enjoy it at all. And then once the hype was dead, it's been about... When was it When it come out? 2011, something like that? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, so... so Six years later, I really enjoyed The Dark Knight Rises. I started watching it again because of the Nolan 4K box set. And and I watched it. Well, now that it's dead, Batman v Superman's been out, Justice League's been out, I sat down and watched The Dark Knight Rises. And I, I watched it at home. And I was like, wow, okay. I might have been a bit harsh with my words there. So maybe Last Jedi, maybe once all this shit... And that's the thing, Disney aren't going to let me breathe. No. <laughs> They're not going to let me breathe. So maybe I'll never like it because I just can't breathe because I know I've got Han Solo coming. And I really don't care for Han Solo. Um, but I've never been less excited about a Star Wars film than I have about Han Solo. It sounds like Han Solo might be the first bomb that they're going to have because it is so. they're not like releasing anything about it. And I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, and it's meant to be out this yeah, year, right? Yeah, preview. I think like they just – and like they fired the directors and – well, I know, yeah, Ron Howard's obviously got in there, so they probably don't Do anything wanna, fun. <laughs> they probably don't want to release – or, well, they don't – they probably don't want to put anything out there at the moment until maybe Ron Howard's got his shit together. Oh, like for contract- contractual reasons, maybe? Well, no, no, maybe even just for tone. Yeah. You know, I know that uh, the first early trailers of Rogue One, actually a ton of that stuff wasn't in the later ones because they had reshoots mm. and things yeah, changed yeah, and stuff. And so they put it out early and people are showing all these scenes like, well, where the fuck is this? And this TIE fighter came up here when Jinnah says... So I... I, I I imagine because of the reshoots, it probably knocked their previews back a bit and the vision. But, but yeah, I, I, I give me, give me Ewan McGregor's Obi Wan movie, and I might, I might just get back on that Star Wars train. They doing that officially? I heard they are. That's... Well, I don't know if it's official, but it's, it's. I think it's planned. I hope you end up in one of those movies. That'd be so fucking cool. Well, I don't know <laughs> if I deserve to now because I I fucking bash them and and that's the thing. See, yeah, but, you're not the only one. But but I'm not. I'm I'm an actor and I probably shouldn't. But my, the thing about Star what? Wars fan is they hate everything. But then they, the same people who go online and complain about uh, the Last Jedi and say it should be out of the canon will show up for the next yeah. movie. So it's like whatever. Well, that's the life of the Star Wars fan, and it all started around about 1999, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and there are. I I get it. I mean. I think I'm harsher with the Star Wars movies than I am with any mm. other franchise. I'm no, I'm so forgiving. Like Marvel, you got to be. I love it, but I'm very forgiving. Yeah, Marvel. I mean, I like, I like the Incredible Hulk. I like the Incredible Hulk. He picks up two police cars and uses them as boxing gloves. And and I liked Ed Norton. And I, I'm, I grew up watching Bill Bixby's Incredible Hulk, and I love the homages to it. Yeah, like no, I me like too. the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. I'm forgiving though, because you know why? Because it doesn't, it didn't. It doesn't fuck my childhood up. Yeah. Um, like, I saw Thor, and, like, the, have you seen the new Thor one, Ragnarok? Yeah, Ragnarok. I don't know what happened. I couldn't tell you the story, but I loved every second of it. <laughs> oh, I loved that. Oh, I loved that was great. I loved but, like, it in terms so of, like, story, I don't really remember what happened, but I know I had more fun in my entire life in that movie. Yeah. It was, it was that's what, exactly what it was. It was fun. And I've heard people trash it, like, oh, it's a fucking comedy. But I'm not that close to the Thor source materials. Uh, or... Well, it's Lethal Weapon. That's what Thor. That was Lethal Weapon in space. It was fucking great. I get that. I can get that reference. But but Mad Max is another one. 
Uh, Fury Road was my favourite film of 2015. Mm. And, oh my God, what a movie. But I'm not close to the Mad Max franchise, yeah. so I don't know what you care about or don't care about. I fucking loved it. So Star Wars, unfortunately, my love for it. I've played nearly every video game that's Star Wars related. I've, I've, and, and it's weird, man. I said this thing to one of my buddies, and I don't know if I'll. I don't know if these are words I'll die by, but they feel right, and I shouldn't fucking say this. I'll take a shitty George Lucas Star Wars film than a meh or a good non George Lucas Star Wars movie. All right. Yeah. And now I see where you're coming from. There's something still about the prequels where, but they were still the man's vision. And they had, there were still things in there that I loved. And, and I hear the Jewel of the Fates and I see the Darth Maul stuff. And even the pod race was cool. And I, I watched that kid's film when I was like 11 and it worked for an 11 year old, even the trade disputes with Chancellor Valorum. Um, like all of that stuff still seemed to, work for an 11 year old and attack of the clones people slate and i'm like well there were moments in the attack of the clones i was in the cinema we were screaming the audience was screaming in hindsight yeah fucking piece of shit i remember when when he tore yeah. up the tuscan raider camp everyone in the in, everyone in that cinema was losing their mind because there was the birth of darth vader and and um the clone wars and the and the big jedi fight and stuff so so there's still there's a purity to it for me. I'm I'm gonna get hung for this because I know I'm I'm basically saying I'm 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 saying I like the prequels. I'm not saying I like the prequels, but I'll take that. I will take a George Luke a bad George Lucas film over a a good Ryan Johnson or a decent Ryan Johnson. Ah, I don't know. I need to rethink that. I don't know if that, I I don't know if I fully believe those words, but they feel right. Yeah, I need to think about it. I'm too close. I'm too close. I need I need some breathing space on on Star Wars for a well, bit. Well, man, uh, thank you so much for your time. This has been a, a fucking blast. My wife had one question for you, and I know she's going to listen to this. Absolutely. And she she was okay. actually very gracious. She like I was supposed to pick up the baby, and she's like, "No, you do the interview. I'll pick up Felicity. You're fine." Oh my god, we were screaming <laughs> last night. Uh, I said I texted her, ask if you would like my phone number. Thanks, Victoria. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm not going to give it to you. Awesome. <laughs> but just in case she hears this, I can stay married. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. That's awesome. Man. Uh, but thank you again. Um, so where can people like find you online? And obviously the show comes out. Oh yeah, let's do the let's do that bit. Okay, I'll get into. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get into. Yeah, I'm gonna get into uh, the. And I'll do an intro in front so your plugs get out there. I'm gonna get into PR mode. Um, hi, I'm Rahul Coley, and you can find me on Instagram at RahulColey13, and that same handle you can use to find me on Twitter. Uh, iZombie Season 4 debuts on the CW at 9pm, 9, 9, 8central, or whatever you call it, uh, on February 26th, and that's um, a 13-episode run. And I'm going to watch it live. I appreciate that. Yeah, I don't know why I wrote I that. The... That was a weird. Tw- that was a weird statement I put out. My wife told me that, and we just got the digital converter box. Here's, like, I'm a cable cutter, but uh, I'm not a Neil. We used. I was a Nielsen Raider yeah. for like a minute, and I'm not anymore. So it's. Uh, <gasps> sorry. Oh. Yeah, it's a waste to do. Anyone's sucks. listening. You get like you fifty bucks, my favorite. and then you get like a dollar a month, and it's then it fucks up all the time. They come to your house, and it's kind of intrusive. So I got rid of it. Jesus, I I don't. Yeah, you know what. I had this some every now and again. I so said it's becoming a thing. I put out these fucking statements. I 
I get real honest and vulnerable, like everyone's my friend. And I go, you know what? I'm just going to ask them. I'm just going to ask people to, hey, if you can watch it live, yeah, watch it live. Because those things count. And Netflix is great. And I do binge everything on Netflix. I'm the biggest fucking hypocrite you'll ever meet. But I... um. And not to say, and then everyone's like, oh my god, is the show going to get cancelled? Is it in danger? No, 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 I didn't say that. I'm just saying that people look at those numbers and they do have an impact. And and it is a show that I've seen season four pretty much. I think by Saturday, Rob, Rob Thomas is coming up on the weekend. He's bringing the rest of the episodes. We're about to, this has never wow. happened before. It's so good. The show is so fucking good this year. I shit you not, he's been showing us episodes all the time that's how fucking good it is we all got together all six of us at mine um in november and watched the first seven straight shot these are actors who don't like to watch themselves on camera these are actors who who are living with it and the last thing they want to fucking do is spend their sunday watching their show they just shot everyone loved it it is one of the best seasons we've ever done i think it's the best season and and the way it's being left there is an, still another level to unlock. I cannot wait. It goes, and this show's different, dude. This show's different. It does not. It it does not resemble one, two, and three. It's the fourth. It, it's the fourth switch up, and you'll watch it, and wow. and you'll be shocked at what they've done because it's like fuck, they're fucking with their fucking formula, but it's great and it pays off, and there is more to come. There really is. I can see. I'd love to do more work. I'm, you know, that we are being offered all of it. You know, we've been offered movies and this and this and TV shows and great. And as much as I've been playing Ravi for four years, I'm like shit. I, I wouldn't mind a new challenge, but fuck, I zombie definitely at least has another year. There's still another place this story can go. It's not tired. It's not old. And I just got mad vulnerable. And I know how Rose and everyone talks. And I know that this is these are my family and my family want to come back and they don't want the family to be split up and i thought fuck it fuck it i know it's it looks like begging or however you want to um uh, you you want to view that tweet and the, or that statement but i was like i've always been honest i've always been myself on social media fuck it i've never asked for anything i'm just going to say hey guys can you show us some love on the live numbers and it got so much attraction and so much love yeah the response was amazing. I couldn't believe how many people came out to 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 commit to that. Whether they do is another point, problem. But it, but the, just seeing how many people love this show, those numbers aren't reflective of that. And I'm very I'm very proud, and I'm very grateful. I mean, I've seen your Comic Con videos. It's insane. Yeah, I know. It just doesn't translate, man. It's like I can walk out of my front door. I go to Starbucks all the time, and guess what? I don't get stopped for pictures. And when we do our live numbers, they're okay. And all of us have a very modest Twitter following compared to other shows. But then when it matters, all these people pour out. It doesn't follow us around. It's not like it's not like Riverdale. I know the Riverdale guys, they fucking they can close a place down when they show up. Because yeah. it's just it's sixteen year olds, seventeen year olds, you know. You can see how popular that show is. With iZombie, you can't see it. It doesn't. It's not tangible. That seems like, to be Rob Thomas's thick thing. It hasn't translated into into he just that. Can't, I don't know, but but people like like me like love his shit. I know, and I know. I'm sticking it's, around it's, forever. It's crazy. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing, man. It's and and uh, you know, you, it's not like I have a choice in the matter, but no there nice. is a balance of well, 
and I'm not comparing myself to any other show, and I'm not, this isn't a weird slide dig at anyone. Oh, absolutely. But sometimes there are other shows out there that have the popularity, but might not necessarily have the quality. And you go, well, would I like to be on a, a show where the scripts aren't as great, but fuck me, I have a million followers or two million followers and, and whatever. Or would I like to be on a show that has a very small, loyal fan base, but you're proud of the work and the right casting agents and people are blowing you up because the script's great and it makes you look like a better actor than you are. It's kind of like a band that breaks up and then everyone in that band goes off to become super famous from bigger stuff. I think iZombie is going to be that cast that like, you guys all work on this in like 20 years. I'm like, oh my God, they were all on that show. Because it's so... Are you telling me that James Bond <laughs> used to play the morgue uh, doctor? I can't believe you, <laughs> you know, Id- Idris Elba. <laughs> People would be so pissed. Fingers crossed, uh, man. Uh, dude, thank you again. Keep promoting the show and everything. and Enjoy the rest of your day. I appreciate it, man. Uh, thank thank you. you for your time, man. Thank you for, uh, for reaching out to me. Take care. All the best. See ya. Let's Chat with Revel and Friends is part of Courts and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, and movie podcasts. Check out our other shows, That Pop This Live, Talking Shondaland, We Got Five, and TV Ate My Brain at courtsandparts.com.